This is the one with Robin Hood and his banter bros. Cause caught in the crossfire. And gold fingers. It's called <laughs> Robot of Sherwood. Here we go. Whistle on our epic race. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel sir. Dalek, Cyber, Zood and wow. Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Eccleston to Whittaker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to an episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> or Doc Past. Or Doc Past. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a Doc Past. With me today, we are, what are we doing? We are recording N0. No. no. N107, Robot of Sherwood. As we've established already. Yep, soberly. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Not Robin of Sherwood. (laughs) And here with me today, opposite me to my front, is... (laughs) Drew McQuinn! The one and only... Butterina! How are you, Drew, today? I'm fine. How about this other guy? Fine. How's this other guy? Hello there, I'm Leon. Hi, Leon. (laughs) I didn't ask who you were, Leon. I asked no, I how did. you were. I suffer from a condition which prompts me to just introduce myself at random. I apologise. That's fine. Try and yeah. keep it to a minimum. I'm get, Leon! <laughs> he used to get really weird looks until he had the idea to come up with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, his life makes sense. I've got some trivia that we've already alluded to. Oh, no, really? Only 20 seconds in. In the 1980s... Yeah? Guess what television show ITV tried to steal the precious ratings away from Doctor Who with? Was it Goldfinger? Possibly old repeats of James Bond films, but primarily it was Robin of Sherwood. Oh, nice. See, my uh, my little um, mouth typo brought us around. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call them? A Freudian slip. <laughs> my little mouth typo. <laughs> Podcast land, you missed that she was <laughs> miming typing from her mouth. <laughs> so if this is the level we're starting at, just imagine us an hour from now. Yeah, but don't skip ahead, because we've got some really important things to say. <laughs> we do, we do, we do. I said imagine, I said imagine. Shall we jump into a bite-sized chunk of who so that we can get this show started? Let's. Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brew and listen to this overview, this free-for-all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. The time has finally come for Twelve to let Clara choose her own adventure, so she contrives a hero hang with the merry manager himself, Robin. Ha 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 ho ho hood. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Spot on. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Brother. Doc can't believe his eyes. Where he expected to teach Clara a sobering lesson with a blank patch of forest, instead he must fence for his TARDIS with the genuine Greenwood gentleman. But wait! The dastardly Sheriff of Nottingham is ransacking the land thereabouts for every last morsel of gold. Will our bantering band of outlaws win him over to their medieval Marxism? Be scow over, you are welcome. welcome. Ha ha ha! Ho ho ho! Podcast Land, if we laugh over-exuberantly at each other's patently mediocre jokes tonight, we're just doing it in homage to this week's episode. Ha ha ha! Ha ha, I agree! So did you remember this episode... Being this bad? <laughs> yes. 
<clears throat> oh, really? Yes. I was. Uh, good memory, Marie. <laughs> episode over. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was going to say, did you remember this episode being worse than it actually is? Oh, so we're on different trajectories. Potentially, tonight. just a teeny tiny bit. A teeny tiny bit. I remembered it being bad and I was not disappointed. <laughs> Because you wanted it to be bad? Or? A little a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Marie is all about the coherence of her memories rather than the objective quality of something of we art. may be reviewing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Yeah. I'd rather millions of people suffered, but my brain works properly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah that, no, that's fair enough. As long as suffering is like suffering through a mediocre hour of television and not, you know, yeah. Other people brain. having yeah. wonky brains. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, fine. Exactly. I can't criticize the center of the self for being self centered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Drew. <laughs> I could remember two things about this episode. Okay. One is I liked Capaldi and Robin's, for Bans. want of a better word, Bance. <laughs> And I remember the ending being one of the all-time worsts. Oh. Yes, yes. Oh. So I, I, oh, no, go for it, go for because it. Sorry, sorry. I remember really, really hating uh, Doc and Robin's band <gasps> and actually thinking the ending is a bit sweet. What? Oh. We may be thinking about different times different of the endings. ending. Yeah. yeah, because if you're talking, are you talking about, I'm going to shoot this arrow into the um, yeah, yeah. happily, handily placed target, which will somehow fuel the engine well it's the yeah. latter part that is the dumb element of it isn't it like if he had to fire an arrow at a spaceship because that would have destroyed it or that would have whatever if there's a button on yeah. it that he has to hit that would make more sense but the fact that like hitting the exterior of the spaceship somehow fuels the engine it's bullshit but there are a hundred different levels of bullshit to this. The thing is, I had forgotten about the golden arrow, right. and when it came to the point of like, oh, we're, we're going to have a competition and the prize is a golden arrow, I saw it on screen and just went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was beginning to enjoy this. <laughs> but I agree with both of you. The b Wait, do I agree with both of you? I agree you with you, Drew. You can't agree with both of us. I agree with you, Drew. The bands uh, between them, fantastic. In the, pr in the When they're jailed up. I'm not saying they're uniformly fantastic. Okay. 100% zingers. <laughs> but they are often absolutely brilliant. I'd say in this archery-themed episode, it's a bit hit and miss. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Should we deal with this ending so that we can move past it? Yeah, like, let's get it over and Because over. there's a ship that is approaching escape velocity, for one thing. It's blasting yeah. into the sky at hundreds of miles an hour, and this arrow catches it up. That's one stupidity. It's not, bla it's not blasting. It's hovering because it doesn't have enough power to blast, Drew. Pay attention. But it's already kilometers up. Kilometers? I don't think it's kilometers. It's castle-sized, and it's become a speck in the stratosphere. I think you're Is watching really? a different show. No, he just very clearly aims with his feet and then get, and hits it, and it's rather large. Yep, and once he's finished with that, he gets right onto the grand piano next to him and starts <laughs> playing that with his feet as well. <laughs> I liked... No, I didn't like... When I say I want you to understand podcast lang from now on when I say I liked, it doesn't mean like liked, enjoyed it. I'm just commenting <laughs> on a thing because I found it interesting or terrible or something. But anyway. There are other words available, but sure. <laughs> okay. I hate it. No. Because I didn't hate, <laughs> hate it. I just, I don't know. When, the, I just want to observe. I'm observing. Okay. 
when they um good I, word good word i can't i can't shoot this arrow i've got a broken arm i can't shoot this arrow I'm, i can't aim i can't aim i can't shoot this arrow i'm a woman i only know <laughs> taekwondo <laughs> like, yep i've only got room for one skill in my head at anyone's time i used to be a computer hacker then i learned taekwondo and i couldn't do that anymore <laughs> i know let's all do it let's put all our three limbs together let's put all our legs in one basket <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I did not like that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my next problem, if it's not far enough away and not ridiculous enough that it's landing on the outside. Capaldi, when he's in the 12th century Cyber King and (laughs) the engine capacity is at 48%, he said, oh, that's not enough. You'll never get into orbit. And it goes up from there to 75, 82. It hits 83 at the end. How does Capaldi know when it's at 48 how high it's going to go? How does he know it's not going to go to 100? Yeah, because I took that as him saying it will never go at 48. And then the, literally the next scene, they're like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, we got a quarter more somehow. Yeah. Oh, that sounds much better. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe they can do it now. What was the actual problem? Was it that if they had too much power running through the engine, then it would explode? I don't think so. I thought it would, the problem was not being able to get to 100% because he got all the gold in Nottinghamshire. And they didn't have enough gold. Poor yeah, but why did he yeah. think that it was going to explode? He didn't Is think it that it was explode? just going to crash down. Yeah, I mean, it does explode. Oh, no, if it, because if it doesn't um, hit the Earth's atmosphere at the right... But it explodes when, angle. It, it explodes yeah. when it's left the atmosphere. No, mate. No, it will explode as it's hitting the atmosphere and just burn up and not hurt anyone. You're right, Leon. I reckon the analogy here is that gold is this spacecraft's equivalent of engine oil. And so the engine isn't lubricated enough. So if it's going at top whack without enough gold, it will just grind apart and combust. Right. Okay. I took it to be fuel and that they needed more power to escape the atmosphere, but that the engine might be damaged to a point that if they actually had full power, then it would explode. It couldn't contain all that power. They were trying to get more, more power, not less power. Well, I was thinking, like, why aren't they worried that if they fire a golden arrow at it, if we now, like, set aside the fact that just firing an arrow at a... Like, if you throw, a, like, like, a canister of petrol at a car, it doesn't fuel it. Like, <laughs> so, so why didn't they just How go... How do you know? Well, why didn't Have they... Have you tried it? No, okay. But why didn't they go, oh, shit, we mustn't hit it with this arrow, because what if, what if that takes it over the edge and it blows up? Because I'd also taken it to be fuel, and we're trying to get more... Enough fuel so that we can power the engine, but no, because they were molding, they were making like circuit boards, they were molding macro chips, yeah. So, don't know, but then there was the massive vat of just melted gold at the end, they would just throw all the gold in and melt it, and that wasn't being turned into circuitry. And you could drop a half man, half engine in there, it has no bearing on the smooth. I'd liked, again, not liked when he like clawed his way out and then his hands just turned to how did that happen? When you say half man, half engine, is he able to do that because he's actually an android? I don't think he was an android. Was he? I mean, that's what he implied. He does does imply that, yeah. But I don't know if he implies that he's going to become one, that they're going to make him one, or that they've already done so. Because I thought the implication was Robin Hood is real, and therefore the Sheriff of Nottingham is real, and like the whole story, they were there before. Like, Clara says, you were here, and then the the lights in the sky landed, and then all this happened. Why would they convert him? 
Yeah, there's no need to do so. No. Well, they convert him because that's how he becomes their leader. It's how like, do they It's like Malcolm Camel's meatballs and they say, we love you, but mum says, don't you eat too many or you'll be a meatball too. But just by hanging out with the meatballs, he becomes their unofficial ruler, which is what happens with this guy. He is assimilated he's into the, the robot He's the unofficial ruler, but he's not mechanical. Why, they don't have the skills. They, they can only zap people with their forehead arrow they can't turn you into a cyborg you don't know what's going on backstage there are loads of them there's a whole castle full of rooms we don't get to see because we don't get to see very much and where does this little clicky pendant thing that turns all the them off come what, from why would they give that to him exactly this is a man who looks at a sonic screwdriver and thinks that it's a magic wand but for some reason they've just given him a remote control for them <laughs> just to turn them off <laughs> i know how stupid these robots deserve to die <laughs> Unless it is true he is actually their leader, but maybe he's been programmed in such a way not to be aware of it. Maybe he's like a Westworld character. Maybe. I, I made a note that he says the mechanical men imparted their secrets to him, one of which must be the on-off switch. But this, yeah, their secrets must be like electricity and mechanical stuff and whatnot. Yeah, I think so Possibly. too. Possibly. I, I assumed that one of them was a full metal upgrade underneath the skin to some degree. That's also possible. I, either way, that would explain why he's able to do that, like why he's able to crawl out of the thing. And why he's able to split the arrows at the archery contest, yeah. because yeah. he should not be as good as Robin Hood yes, no. with a normal right. human eye. Yeah, Super true. And that scene got annoying, by the way. The constant arrow splitting. Yeah. One arrow split is, is what you want to be like, Mwah! that is ah, oh, that is a real feat. If no. everyone starts doing it, it's like, oh, well, no, yeah, nothing's special. But you should have had one, the one that Robin did was really cool and then he's like yes he's the best and then the one that the doctor did that was then proving that Robin wasn't the best but then the, the just the like 12 that came after that were just I much. disagree with both of you I think everyone who watched this episode has heard the story of Robin Hood or like seen the Disney animated version of it like everyone knows the order of this scene and the fact that it's taken in a different direction that's the fun part of it but that's the doctor the doctor only needs to do it once to change it they doesn't need to do it again and then bounce it off a person yeah, that's the pinball effect is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. but, but the fact that he he has his guided missile arrows. Also, if he can create guided missile arrows out of nothing, where did he get these missile arrows from? His Why ass. can't he put one of the missiles on the golden arrow and then the doctor could have just fired it instead of using the Wait, that's way better. Method. That is way better. Yeah. Yes, you're right. But it still doesn't get <laughs> over the fact that the sheriff has looted Nottinghamshire for tons of gold because half of the peasants... Most are, of which he just leaves <clears throat> behind, by the way. Most of which he leaves behind. The peasants are labouring under the burdens of carrying all this gold to their deaths. I mean, never mind that horses are available. Let's, let's keep <laughs> focusing on the peasants. Do you understand how much gold there was in Nottingham so much. These peasants were rich beyond their wildest <laughs> dreams. Like, we're doing tons and to like literal tons of gold. <laughs> yeah, like wiping their ass with it. Just, yeah. just it's and the then throwing it thing away around. into yeah. a bin made of gold. <laughs> <laughs> That's really confusing for the bin collectors. No wonder it just sits around piling up. The point is, there are tons and tons, and this one arrow, which must weigh, what, a couple of hundred grams, makes oh, all the difference when it? it's fired at the side of the ship. Why would you assume that that would be enough? It's so stupid. I really hate that bit. Yeah, it's not enough to do anything. <laughs> anything. Anything no. at all. You could fire Goldie's gold teeth up there, and it would do better than that. <laughs> 
Gross. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I agree. So, um, that is done. Leon, yes. what exactly about this episode was better than you remembered? Yes, what? yes, yes. First of all, the banter. I really quite enjoyed their interplay. I loved Capaldi in this one. I thought Capaldi was on top form. The material is perhaps not ideal, mm. but he is incredible. And it, we get a little bit of that darkness that we saw in Into the Dalek, where he doesn't care about the chap, whatever his name, Ross, who was going to die. He's like, here, eat this tracker. But yeah. in, in this one, he has a, fanta- a similar and fantastic interplay with the troubadour who's going to die in six months. He's like, oh, uh, he will rule with an iron fist until forever. He's like, yeah, or for another six months in your case. Yeah. <laughs> He's fun. I love Capaldi in this one. I remember enjoying the spoon fight the first time around. I hated it. Yeah, no, me too. This, me it. too. But I, do, I think I remember liking that the first time around. That's because we just had this new Doctor and we'd only seen two hours of him being really moody. And we were like, oh, he can be fun. Yeah. And we all got giddy yeah. and carried away with it. And when he booped him into the river with his butt. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun, yeah. And then Robin did it back again to the sheriff. But the fact that they have a... Like, why does he whip out a spoon? Like, why is there this weird slapsticky moment? When that came out, I wrote down, was this written by some other Mark Gatiss and did he win a competition or something? (laughs) (laughs) What's the competition? Is your name Mark Gatiss? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how he does his casting. (laughs) 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 He wasn't in this one. Not even a cameo. Are you sure? Wasn't he the decapitated robot? Wasn't he the arrow? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The golden hand. The spoon appeared, is in the thing with Clara, and he just, out of nowhere, is suddenly just eating ice cream. Ah, it's just his pocket spoon. He just just picks it out of his pocket, but it's covered in ice cream. And I just think, have you got a really disgusting pocket full of melty ice cream? Yes, yes is the answer. That's gross. He's got a mini fridge in there. Pockets bigger on the inside. Tied with uh, technology. Yeah. Maybe it does. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll give you that one. Mm. But yeah, I compiled a bunch of lines, okay. which on I don't bants, often do. On the bant section. For episodes. Yeah. Mm. Like, anyone punch you in the face? Not as yet. That's, that's the one I wrote down. I only wrote one down and that's the one. Go on then. Finish it off. Uh, hey all. And do people ever punch you in the face when you do that? No. That's not it. No, I wrote a different one down. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think I just misquoted. One of us is misquoted. And do people ever punch you in the face when you do that? That's, yeah. That's the one I And wrote. then Romy goes, not as yet. And Doc goes, lucky I'm here then, isn't it? Uh, Which aww. is the best. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I thought tons more was, was excellent. Well, no, but, but that was good. That, that, <laughs> that was, was the beginning of a beautiful friendship between these two chaps. And that was when Capaldi was at his most Malcolm Tucker, I think. I think that's his oh, Malcolm no. Tucker high point. <laughs> for the series I think there's a little bit of Malcolm Tucker when they're chained up and he's talking over the the moaning Robin Hood just going like yeah now he's shat his pants and now he's uh, <laughs> looking at me quivering with fear like that moment of just psychologically tormenting this poor man yeah and Robin is like serious umbrage <laughs> Oh, and yeah, and yeah, you'd be tiny la- laughing bits in people's goblets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Do you know, I feel another laugh coming on. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm enjoying it more now you're doing it, Drew, though. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, BBC, recast this with Drew. <laughs> The chap who played Robin Hood was good, by the way, I thought. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He had a very um, 
uh, Shakespearean love vibe about him. What's the chap from Shakespearean love? Uh, Joseph Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, yeah, reminded me of him. Mm. Yeah, mm. Robin Hood was played by Tom Riley. Mm. Yes, who was Leonardo da Vinci in um, Leonardo's Da Vinci's Devils? Da Vinci's Devils, Demons. Da Vinci's Deep. What the fuck? Yeah, that's I, it. Something like that. Say it again. One <laughs> <laughs> of those. Da Vinci's Demons. That's the one. <laughs> Are his teeth that suspiciously perfect in real life? And his jaw so chiseled. Yeah. And they were, they were. I looked, yeah. it, it was like, he must be a robot. Look at his teeth. No, he's a very handsome man. The, the, <laughs> that scene, that's in the spaceship, right? They're in the spaceship, in the cockpit yeah. area or whatever. Yeah. No, it's maybe it's the engine room, actually, yep. of the spaceship. Hated that scene. <gasps> really? Yeah. Even though it has some it has classic fun. Doctor Who trivia. Oh, it has uh, absolutely marvellous trivia in there. Okay, why don't you give us the trivia and then I'll give you guys why I hate that scene. Well, I mean, when Peter Capaldi is showing Robin Hood all the Robin Hoods who have been portrayed throughout history, one of them, them, all of them, (laughs) one of them is Leon's very own Patrick Troughton. The second Doctor from 1953's Robin Hood. Nice. Yeah. It's the same image that appears on IMDb if you look for that film. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. But you hated that scene. Uh, I didn't hate that part of the scene. I hated the culmination of that scene because it, it feels like, you know what? The robots wouldn't necessarily need to employ slave labor to repair their ship if they just stopped attacking it. Like, why did they blast the door off its hinges? Why did they fire their cross lasers at the corners of the engine room? Why not just, like, grab the... One of them clobbers dog. Clobber them. Clobber them. Like, what are they going to do? They can't do anything. They're now trapped in a room. Yeah. And rather than killing Doc, he's just left to revive somewhere later on. Um, yeah. The robots have just occurred to me a heck of a lot stronger than the peasants. Why don't the robots just carry the gold? Yeah, it would take no effort for them whatsoever. Exactly, they do it in five minutes. Yeah, agreed. Well, didn't you like um, <laughs> Robin's leap backwards with Clara? Cause he, that was cool. Because he clutched her. She was like, I'm going to stand in front of you and save you from these um, things. And you're like, Clara, get out of the way. They're just going to shoot you first. And then he grabs her and you're like, holy fuck. No, he's the bad guy and he's using her as a human shield. And then he launches himself backwards and you think, where have they gone? What have they fallen onto? And then it's the river. And then he drags her out of the water. And she's half dead. And you think, well, he must be a robot then because we know Clara can hold her breath for a really, really, really long time. Oh, well, yes, that specifically has been set up. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. So if she couldn't last to swim to the edge and she fainted for lack of oxygen, then he must be a robot. So I thought they'd set that up very well. But it turns out he's just got an even bigger lung capacity. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, which is why he's constantly booming laughter across Sherwood Forest. Yeah. That's how he can summon his merry men. He just yells. <laughs> Leon is eating an olive. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's really good olives, by the way. Oh. Yeah, super good olives. Now that they're soaked in vodka. So did either of you think that Robin was genuinely a robot? I did for a moment. Well, I didn't necessarily think that he was a robot, but I was contemplating it. Mm. Not remembering the full details of this episode. I just don't know how much it added the mystery of whether Robin was a robot or whether whether it was the Sheriff of Nottingham or the actual robots were the robots, and but neither of them were. It seemed a lot to pack in. The episode is not called Robots of Sherwood. It's called Robot of Sherwood. Yeah. 
And presumably this is a reference to the Doctor's own conviction that Robin is in fact a robot. Because why, why would the Doctor not know that Robin Hood was a real person? He scans him even. He scans him and takes hair from what, at least one of the Merry Men. He yeah. scoops up some blood from the troubadour. He requests a urine sample from... To be fair, one assumes. I think yeah. I, I think I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I assumed it was going to be like they weren't real, but then someone brought them into life through memory or consciousness, and, da, 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 and then they believed they were so real that love saved the day, and they became real people again. And I was that was the first draft, yeah, definitely. And it did, and it didn't do that. And actually, that was quite a nice surprise because we've done that a lot. Olive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you do. <laughs> Olive, what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> I did keep getting vibes of another classic Who serial called um, The Mind Robber, in which various characters from fiction, from fairy tales, are brought to life in this pseudo-magical world. This could have been a modern take on it. He makes another reference to a classic Who serial. He makes a reference to Carnival of Monsters. He says, oh, we're in a miniscope. Uh, that's a that, we're already sort of in the same era what is the miniscope because i thought it was a very clumsy reference to what we got last week which was a whole miniaturized crew no the miniscope was well actually it's not entirely dissimilar so the miniscope was in carnival of monsters that they have a, a gadget it's like a portable west world like it has these little realms oh this is the desert realm this is the microchip realm this is the whatever <laughs> and it's just like it's just a box and it can miniaturize people and bring them in there and, and creatures it's that's the carnival effectively and yeah actually they do get miniaturized in that one as well yeah because mm. they they get chased by sandworms and so it's like a tiny zoo inside a box sounds a bit like heaven sent don't remember where Capoli has to punch his way through the hardest oh, no. wall in the universe. Because no, that's, that's very tiny, and that's a miniature world that he oh, is it? eventually oh, he's inside pops the... out of. Oh, you're right, he is inside a little thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it, this is more literal than that. This is like, he's shrunken down, he's put inside a box, and then they have to go from section of this box to section of the box. It's a really cool serial. I say really cool. I mean, I have fond memories of it. I have a feeling it's probably shit. <laughs> but, yeah. Can I make another Classic Who reference? Yeah. Actually, what this does harken back to is a Classic Who serial called Time Warrior, or The Time Warrior, in which a Sontaran arrives in, in medieval England, is taken in by the quasi-Sheriff of Nottingham in this particular place. A, a chap named Iron Gron gets Iron Gron's dudes and lots of peasants to repair his ship and also builds a mechanical robot's knight. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Except the, the robot knight in Time Warrior is possibly the worst robot knight you have ever seen. It's just like a, a really tall dude swinging a sword back and forth. It's fantastic. All right. So Mark Gates has thought, there's a low bar I can vault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Okay. Mm. Sorry. I didn't mean to bogart the mic there. Well, there are clearly a lot of influences on this. Yeah. Mm. And... They're also drawing from the rich tradition of folklore and picking and choosing and adding and synthesizing, much like Moffat and Gatiss have been doing for four years at this point with Sherlock. And I just think this is a very weak relative, especially compared to Sherlock. The, the stories there feel more organic and more complete, and this is just random bits cobbled together and none of it really is of any quality. I mean, I kind of agree with you, but the quality of dialogue makes up for it, I think. Some of it. Yeah, not all. 
all of it. The ornamental but... table stand thing is even even Capaldi is on board with saying that's not even funny, but that doesn't redeem it. He's just accurate. Ornamental table stand. Oh yes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Wait, what? What's the ornamental table stand? Where he, they have to walk upstairs with whatever bit of stone they're both chained to. Yeah, and Capaldi's going to make the stand out of that somehow. I think I closed my eyes for that part. How did they get out of it? I, I missed how they de-chained themselves, because they, one second they're having to lug this massive mm. rock upstairs, and then cut to, like, hard cut to no more manacles. Oh, I'm sure they found a tool somewhere. Didn't they overpower the guards? You would have had something kicking around. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But an, an even worse line is when Ben Miller, who I think isn't... Doesn't, oh, right. doesn't really shine in this episode as the Sheriff of Nottingham, but I don't think he's given much of a chance. And he's talking about... I thought it was good. He's talk, talking about taking you, over the world. Did you? Because your note seems to say Armstrong or Miller. Yeah, Question mark. Uh, exclamation point, first oh. of all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to read my notes, read them properly. <laughs> but that's also what I said when Armstrong showed up in whatever that episode was called. Uh. Doctor Witch in the... Ward- wardrobe and the, the widow and the wardrobe that's the yeah. one <laughs> doctor yeah. the witch and the wardrobe widow that's the one but when ben miller is saying first nottingham then derby then lincoln then works up works and it's up. and it's just like the worlds great you, i liked it you've opened your atlas on page 17 and you're doing an east midlands shtick i mean i think you're being too negative i i that's fun that is far from the. I mean, it, <laughs> far from the worst line. Oh, go on, give me it. No, I can't. I can't. I can't think of specific lines. I didn't actually note down any specific lines. But I mean, if you were to line up every part of this episode from worst to best, that one exchange between Clara and the Sheriff of Nottingham. So, I mean, let's say the worst part is the golden arrow at the mm, end. Yeah. That exchange is like probably firmly in the middle. I enjoyed... Fine um, with it. Fine with it. I enjoyed that part, but only because I've, I just felt like 99% of people watching won't know what Workshop is. Um, but I've been there. Haha. <laughs> City um, of Lights. Yes. But every time I tell people I'm going to Workshop, they say, to a workshop? And I usually am, but <laughs> it's in Workshop. <laughs> it's the workshop capital of South Yorkshire, I imagine. It is. I don't even think it's in South Yorkshire. Well, what's it doing then? Who knows? Pretending to be anything. Who knows? Just it hang is. its head in shame. It's just there, doing nothing. Oh, sorry. Workshop's really nice. You should go. <laughs> Great conference facilities. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got another bad bit of the episode. Okay. Ooh. The plate deflector scene. Yeah, oh, the plate deflector scene is fantastic. Oh, they oh. All- they all hold their plates up and it bounce and, and there's one left and they're like, quick guys, let's surround him. And the only thing he has to do is not shoot them. Yep, not shoot at any exactly. of the plates. Any of the plates. Their Fire. heads are all <laughs> exactly. well all within exposed. range. Yeah, these tiny Groins, little circular everything. things cannot contain an entire human. Yeah, shoot them in the kneecaps, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These robots, these robots deserve they should to die. Just, they should Robocop everyone right in the dick. That's what they should do. <laughs> it just aims plate central every time. Yeah, and then yeah. after that ludicrous <laughs> demise for him. Where did all the plates come from? I know they're collecting gold, all right, don't answer that. How did every single peasant know to hold a plate at the same time? They, they, this has been the secret plan all along. They have only been melting non-plate objects. <laughs> <laughs> They've yeah. got a hoard of plates in the back. Not- Nottingham had at least 47 gold plates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they had to sort it from amongst the piles. Mm. It wasn't that they were lulling the robots into a full sense of security over a period of months 
many people died, but it was worth it to catch them unprepared. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then at the end of this ludicrous scene, one of the extras has the gall to say, Oh, thank you, Mr. Clever, for your amazing intelligence, Mr. Gate is sir, ever so humble. And it's like, fuck's sake. <laughs> You know what? I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize because I didn't super like this episode. And I, I hate to be the one who says I liked it all the time. But I thought it was kind of sweet that she gives him a peck on the cheek and he actually has a moment of like, oh. Do you oh. know, I liked his moment, his reaction. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I didn't understand his reaction. Capaldi. It's because Capaldi like he's never awesome. been kissed. I guess this face has never been kissed before. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, maybe. maybe I don't that's know. I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't understand what was going on, but I thought it was nicely done. Also, I called it an extra, but is it actually Maid Marian? Yeah. It is, Well, yeah. then that's definitely kicking off a chain reaction. I've got a question about Maid Marian. How does she appear right underneath the TARDIS? She wasn't in the TARDIS. Does he just... Like, keep her inside the TARDIS, standing know. up? Yeah, because he's not talking to her, and Clara doesn't know she's there. <gasps> I have a question. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, do we... Actually, I have I have two questions. Is it... Sorry, wait. I have <laughs> a question with two alternatives. Has he shown the picture of Maid Marian that he has in that little locket to the Doctor? Or has he at some point said... Holy moly, doc, old buddy, old pal, my friend Maid Marian, she can kiss a cheek like you wouldn't believe. Because could it be that the reason doc has that moment, that realization, it's that he realizes that's Maid Marian. I thought the doctor had given Robin Hood the locket. Really? I don't know. No, I reckon Robin's kept that since forever. He had to abandon his earldom. Why did he choose that moment to look all sentimentally at him then? Why wasn't he going, holy fuck, there's a spaceship that's disappearing in front of my eyes? Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't (laughs) do that. But he looks at it because he possibly for a moment contemplates escaping with Clara, right? I mean, there's like, oh, we clearly have chemistry, but we're not long for each other. You need to go and travel space and time with your alien pal in that box, and I need to pine for this woman I will never meet again. And then he looks at the picture. He's like, no. He he probably looks at the and goes, fuck, I should I should have gone after Clara. I mean, I they look gone after really Clara. similar. <laughs> so, yeah, why not go after Clara? Um, no, I don't know. I like it last. I thought the Doctor had given it him as like a little clue. And then it was like, he looks up and then she's there. That was good. Because why does the Doctor know that she is Maid Marion? No, well, I don't know. Doesn't Maybe she, maybe she goes, hey, nice to meet you. My name is Marion. You can call me Maid. <laughs> 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 Maid to my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was Maid Marian a pauper? I don't know much yeah, about Yeah, not Robin what Hood. I expected either, actually. Isn't she like a princess or something? Well, I don't know. It depends what sort of maid, really. If she's a milkmaid, then she's mm. proper rustic. I thought she maid was just meant that she's... When they, were ca- when they captured her and killed her dad, they, she said they're new to the area. Oh, yeah. She only just moved in. How does Robin even know who she is? That's also pretty... I mean, that is a traumatic start to this episode. No, it is, actually. Mega traumatic. Yeah. She's tied up in one of those, whatever they're called, like she's cattle. Yeah. And has to watch her dad get murdered. That's really brutal. And then she's brought into slavery. And then 20 minutes later, she's like, hey, yo, having fun and melting gold. <laughs> Helping old dudes getting shot. <laughs> yeah, I did make a note that when Master Quail dies, it's not often you see an execution within the first five minutes no, of an episode. It set out its stall, and yeah. then there was 15 minutes of bands. <laughs> <laughs> it is a strange old collection of moods. Yeah, but only those two things, I think. There's not much else that is all over the place, right? 
No, it starts to even out and get more formulaic, I suppose. So negative. Uh, I, really, I really did not feel... I, you know what? No. No. I, 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 I reject that statement, Drew. Okay, I'm going to give you my first bad note, and you can, you can tell how early in the episode this came. Okay, let's hear it. Clara has loved the story of Robin Hood since she was a little girl. He's her main hero. Whatever happened to Marcus Aurelius? Oh, it was his poster on her wall. The only poster on her wall. Yeah. But seeing him would blow the budget. We can't afford Roman legions or anything like that. No, it's got to be Robin Hood because that's mostly in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and if you turn it around, it's like, who do you want to most meet? Hey, you know, what? I've gone off Marcus Aurelius. I have to teach him every year. His, his <laughs> phrases get samey after going through the curriculum that many times. I also found the suggestion, oh, I, uh, out of everyone in the entire history of mankind, I've always wanted to meet this one person. Everyone says is made up, but I've always believed it's real. It's childhood hero, blah, blah, blah. It's very childish. It's super duper childish. Mm-hmm. Um, he is real though, by the way, Robin Hood. But he is. Yeah, I, did, I never saw that Russell Crowe movie, so I don't know this, but... <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham. Not the one oh, where he chats with well, Marcus Aurelius, by the way. <laughs> the other one, the Robin Hood one. It's- He's married into my family, his bloodline. I'm technically... You're... Yes, wait, we've had this conversation. Yeah, You're have. part Robin Hood. Part Robin Hang Hood. On. This is turned into an episode of Last of the Summer Wine. <laughs> Real descendant of Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, I am. No, really? Yeah, well, I'm obviously not, but... When you can steer a bathtub down a hillside, <laughs> then we'll talk. <laughs> it's proper merry man antics. <laughs> Maybe I can. You've never tried it. <laughs> Me neither, but you know. I thought it was. I thought it was a real person. They decided. There's, I've been to Little John's grave. It's got oh, really? Grave. Yeah. I'm sure people were called John Little in homage to the legends. His thigh bone is the size of like a small child. It's huge. What? It's actually well, a mammoth leg. <laughs> <laughs> How close to the grave did you get? This is an immersive in, experience. Inside of the grave. Yeah. yeah. Just doing a bit of like Saturday Night Grave Robin, you know. Well, that told us. <laughs> Either way, I thought it was a super childish and very contrived start to this episode. Yeah. It feels like they could have... Uh, it didn't need to be Clara's dream to go and see him. There's a million ways you could write in yeah. this story without it being... Yeah, exactly. Reach for a like a random book in the bookcase yeah. next to which they are standing. Yeah. Just go like, uh, find anything that's a... And we'll go there. Flip open a random page, point at it. Oh, it's Robin Hood. Mm. All right, I guess we need to go there and prove that it was just a legend. Also, yeah. where was he trying to take, like, what did he expect there to be there? Was yeah, exactly. It, and why is he right there when they arrive? And how do you how do you prove that there's no Robin Hood? Look, we're in a forest, Robin Hood's not there, therefore he must not be real. Like, Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. It's oh, yeah, dumb. that's confusing as well, because he does flat out say to her, he's made up, but the conversation carries on. Uh, yeah, and, he's, and she, he still plots in the timeline and the, you know. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. We're, we're going to there, 1190-ish. <laughs> it couldn't get more vague, yet he is right there when they arrive. Clever, it, clever TARDIS knows where we need to be. Is it a part of it that Capaldi is lying to himself in some way? Because he, he has lost faith in himself as possibly being a hero. So yeah. Robin Hood is the closest thing categorically to him. And so it's just sort of overspill. Like, yeah, he couldn't possibly exist either. On some level, he does know he exists. He, he's going to take Clara back and say, look, this man is also a flawed wanker. <laughs> In so many ways, you shouldn't be hanging around him. You shouldn't be hanging around me. Story checks out. Sorry. That makes more sense to me than him than the doctor just not knowing that it was a real person. 
Like he knows so much about history and he's been everywhere. It doesn't make sense that he'd have this massive gap of knowledge. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I didn't listen back to the, because we've touched upon this episode once before. Drew, you and I did like a retrospective of Capaldi's first season. So we will definitely have touched upon it. Yeah, so we will have talked about it. And maybe that's either then or maybe just a conversation we had in life. But it seemed odd to me almost that we've only had Robin Hood once. You know, like it's he's such a character that mm. why haven't we had Robin Hood more than once? Was, why haven't you encountered him before? I was about to ask you. Why? I know you just said we had the conversation about me being related to Robin Hood. Why have we had that conversation if he hasn't been on the show before? Maybe we had it then. Maybe we had that conversation when we actually saw this live on TV. Mm, maybe I, we I think you were probably just bragging. It comes up every <laughs> few weeks. I'm gonna have to change your bio on the website, by the way. I did meet Sean Bean once as a child. Wait, wow. wait, so you're related to Robin Hood and you met Sean Bean? His uh, nephew was in my class at school. That's insane. I know. He used to drink in my local pub. That's too many things. Sheffield's <laughs> where it's at, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think at the, the very, very end of this post-credit sequence, half a mile away, a peasant looks up at the sky, gets hit in the face with an arrow? like King Harold looking up straight in the eye I did think that was a that was a rather aggressive thing of Robin Hood to try and shoot an arrow after this disappearing spaceship like what if he'd have hit it yeah (laughs) what if Clara's leaning out the window to wave goodbye maybe he's now just it's Pavlovian like it's not Pavlovian it's like he's just now made the connection that whenever a spaceship (laughs) embarks on any voyage you hit it it with an arrow it gives it a boost and then it explodes Yeah, he doesn't have a bottle of champagne to launch it with. It's the next best thing. <laughs> also, it's come back to a question from earlier. Mm-hmm. He's going to be looking at Maid Marian's cameo rather than the ship because he's seen the ship arrive already. That is arguably the more amazing no, thing. No, but he thought that was smoke and mirrors. Now he knows it's a genuine time-traveling spaceship. Isn't that more... Wouldn't you be watching it more closely the second yes, time? Yes, absolutely. Nah, I think if there's technology nah. beyond my comprehension, then they can do anything. But if it's just some schmuck with smoke and mirrors in the middle of a forest and he can pull off that trick that convincingly well there's some knowledge i want part of do you know he didn't seem very impressed though <laughs> like, ah, mirrors it's fine i've seen it before yeah <laughs> they did it with an elephant once in there yeah but he's constantly <laughs> david sneaking. copperfield made the whole empire state building disappear once <laughs> so there's nothing <laughs> he's constantly sneaking in and out of Nottingham, Castle, wherever, with all manner of tricks and schemes. So he's he's trying to log it, and he's also impressed that someone even better at it than him has shown up. It's in Robin's wheelhouse, is what I'm saying. <laughs> How disappointed were you when the robot's arm was hacked off? Uh-huh. And he didn't say, Tis but a scratch. That oh. <laughs> <laughs> would have been good. That would have been great. You've had your arm off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would have been really good. They like couldn't it. they couldn't pay John Cleese's fees <laughs> to license that line. John Cleese is another actor I can't believe has never been on Doctor Who. Mm, he should he should do a cameo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're about to have Stephen Fry on Doctor Who. Stephen Fry is another actor. It's like, mm. what? This is how long it took you? I mean, BBC? Damn you, BBC. <laughs> you know why? Because every three years, Fry would have been like, well, this time it has to be me. Oh. oh. He would have been desperate, waiting for his agent to call. Mm. And he's finally admitted to himself that he's too old to play it now. Too, too jowly. Too male to play it as well. Well, for the meantime. For the minute, yeah. 
It's Mister's window. Yeah, but he can. You know, Capaldi really made his appearance doctor. before. There's no reason to say he can't make an appearance and still come back. Well, very true. Mm. Would Stephen Fry make a good doctor? He I, would, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think so. Dak Nabbit, you make a fantastic doctor. Yeah. I mean, he's not the most mobile and dynamic chap. No. Anymore, no. Yeah. It'd have to be, a, it'd be a more of a, like, talky doctor than a running doctor. The, the man well, can wield... I have impression I say, prepared, so I'm just one. I'm Drew. The man can <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Drew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The man can what, Leon? The man can no, what? He can wield the English language like a sonic screwdriver, I was going to say. He could NLP the shit out of anyone. Absolutely. And we just, we just revel in it week after week. Yeah. But like how are you going to talk this guy to death? Oh, marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> that would be every act three, though. Sit down, alien of the week. Let me tell you a story. <laughs> anyway, I've, I've made another note about this episode. The TARDIS. The TARDIS is beautiful. And we get to see a little bit more of Capaldi's TARDIS in this one. We get to see the blackboard for the first time. We get a close-up of the bookcases. We get to see all the little, whatever those Gallifreyan symbols on the chevrons at the top, that spinning part of the... Like the Gallifreyan Zodiac or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's a stunning TARDIS. So I was really surprised that Robin Hood was the guy to headbutt the guard out cold rather than the 12th Doctor from Glasgow. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a Glasgow kiss there. Mm. <laughs> Glasgow kiss, is that what it's called? Yeah. <gasps> Have you not heard that? No, oh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suppose Capaldi can be as morally violent as he likes or as inhumane emotionally, but still can't just nut people. Yeah, the BBC would receive a lot of letters if he did that. Mm. Yeah. Even if the person he was nutting was a robot. No, he wasn't, was he? No, he was just a... Who was that guy? He was Cletus the Slack George Yokel. Mm. <laughs> He had great teeth. <laughs> yeah. And a magnificent nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice big target. But, <laughs> but Robin Hood is equally iconic. Why would you not write letters in saying, how dare you, Robin Hood is a, is a man, is a gentleman. But Robin Hood... He, this is arrows do the talking. He was a man of action. He starts by firing an arrow at the TARDIS and then engaging in sword fight. Like the, the man is, he's an action hero. I liked when the when he did hit the TARDIS and he pulled the uh, doctor pulled the arrow oh, and yeah. it self healed. That was very nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I didn't spot that. Yeah, yep. there was a little ar- a hole where the arrow had come out and then it just whoop, when it had gone. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Although we've seen a beaten up TARDIS before, it doesn't yeah. normally self heal, does it? Holy moly, no, it doesn't. No. I mean, the fourth Doctor TARDIS that we're um, reviewing at the moment looks like it's never ever been washed. <laughs> it is the, <laughs> the dirtiest and scratched vehicle ever well they couldn't afford water in the 70s episodes it was all going into beautiful robots and so on ah yes of course and the giant balloons and bigger cabri's buttons on the face whatever it is in (laughs) the invisible enemy (laughs) yeah sort of (laughs) so i've got a good point note oh good point notes yeah all right let's see your point note when the Sheriff of Nottingham had been twerked off the beam <laughs> and was falling into the Golden Cauldron... Being Hans Grubert. Exactly. <gasps> no way. That is in my freaking notes, buddy. But why? <laughs> why is he Hans Grubert? Why is he Hans Gruber? Who was Hans Gruber? Oh, my goodness. Wait. wait I, I, can't, I can't talk <laughs> and climax at the same time. Oh, you're... St- yes. Yes, because Alan Rickman played the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yep, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh my god. This is so good. I apologise, Marie, you're sitting right next to me as I'm climaxing, but that is really good. (laughs) 
Oh, I am not worthy. That is fantastic <laughs> circular trivia. <laughs> I don't know if I've given enough props to Tom Riley as Robin Hood. Go for it. Proper way. Because you've already mentioned Russell Crowe. Yep. Was the star of a massive Robin Hood flop. There was a massive Robin Hood flop either last year or earlier this year with Taron Egerton. Oh, yeah. And that did terrible business. Robin Hood, while supposedly being bulletproof folklore, is littered with bombs. But I thought Tom Riley did a really good job. I agree. He was really winning. And I was surprised looking down IMDb, frankly, to see that he hadn't been given meteor roles since or before. You know, he's, he's a telly actor and he's never short of work, but I thought he would have been given starry affair. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Good actor. He looks like a leading man. I mean, he's got the cartoon jawline, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he can do emotion and he can do laughs. He can do stunts. Yeah. He's charismatic. Yeah, seriously. That is the word. That is charismatic. And that's what I didn't get from Ben Miller at all. Ben Miller loomed and loured and seethed, but he just didn't jump off the screen in the same way. Yeah. Still, I, I enjoyed his performance, but you are right. There is not quite as much oomph behind his performance as there is behind um, Robin's. Or, like, almost literally anyone else's. Yeah. By the way, the bad guys in this one, there is just the one dude. There is the Sheriff of Nottingham, and the rest are just henchmen. Yeah, drones or whatever. Possibly his henchmen. There's no one else. Like, the, he, he doesn't have other gods, he doesn't have an adjutant, he doesn't... There's, there's no one advising him on strategy, there's nothing. There's just one dude. Yep, no guy of Gisborne. No, yes. Oh, thank you. Very good. I had forgotten that name. There's nothing like that. And that seems maybe a little bit like we're going to streamline this story really, like, oh, significantly in order to squeeze it into 45 minutes or 50 minutes or however long this is. But is it just me? Is, isn't there something missing there? Like, shouldn't he have a companion as well? Yeah, that, maybe that's why I'm... Maybe that's it, because he doesn't get to interact really with exactly. Capaldi hardly at all. Robin a bit, and mostly Clara. Yeah. What did you think of Clara in this episode? I don't think I had strong feelings either way about Clara. But she had to carry whole scenes. She did. She I had just... to take command down in the dungeon, and she had to, you know, spar wits with the Sheriff of Nottingham. And she did them well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, but I think I've come to expect that level from her so <laughs> high bar, high bar. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything like out of like over, above and beyond what she usually does she was good she's always good mm. yeah yeah i suppose i just got a bit exasperated when as leon says they streamlined the episode and they rushed through about three quarters of the robin hood legend in about 15 minutes and then they are just yelling at each other down in the dungeon for quite some time and then at the end Clara is just like, oh, will you two shut up? And there's no genius to that at all. I mean, th there's a similar thing is done to the good guys, actually, now that I think about it. I mean, we are introduced to the Merry Men, but then after that introduction, they do nothing. Yeah, that, that bothered me more, I think. Little John doesn't say anything, doesn't no. do anything. Will Scarlet doesn't do anything. Like, there's never a collaboration between them. Mm. And by the way, we never get to see them rob anything or they anyone. They rob the arrow. Yeah. They oh, do. okay. Fine. They steal. But the no, arrow, but. it's just name checking. Like they're just all handily lined up behind him, and they get one by one. And so Clara can go, "Oh wow, I know you." And then they do, and then they're completely useless yeah. in the episode. They don't do anything. But I don't want to shoot my unwarranted altruism in the foot. But maybe <laughs> that's something that you have to do in order to fit this into one episode. Maybe you can't. If they had 
had all of these characters, then we would have maybe have been disappointed by the fact that they maybe they would have had to sacrifice plots for the benefit of these characters for you know exposure, and they didn't. They went for <laughs> very meager plots, but also <laughs> you only have how how long is this episode? I mean, it's not even an hour, right? Oh yeah, it's a forty-six minute episode. There you go. So there's not much time. That's including credits, and it's including a trailer for the next episode, which looks freaking amaze balls, and the, that's including the obligatory opening scene. Yada yada yada. Like there's lots of shit happening here, so there's not much time for anything else. But you still feel it missing. Yeah, and I felt other stuff was overexposed. Just a hypothetical. If this were a movie, if this were a two-hour movie, would you like to live in that world for two hours and just see the full story? You know, you, you I'm not talking about, uh, let's do a double episode, because who wants to see a double episode of this? But, like, would you watch this, would you watch this Robin Hood movie? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if they gave Maid Marian something to do and her and Clara could team up for a bit? I do, I'm, you're jumping all over my review now, but I think it's... <laughs> Sorry. It's not, it wasn't, it's not, I think it's not for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. True. No? I, I think maybe, but uh, I, like Marie, I will be partly addressing this question okay. in my review. I would only say, before we jump to ratings, that there is a bit of lore added into this episode. Oh, really? On the subject of unwarranted altruism. Oh, really? Because the doctor... Born into wealth and privilege. Yes, I noticed that as well. And he steals a TARDIS to help out the poor and oppressed. I think we're going to get a little bit of this in the next episode, because isn't the child that we see in the trailer for the next episode, I I only remember very little of Listen, but isn't the child, the doctor as a child? Mm. And so I think we're going to get to see a little bit of the the home that he grew up in, in at the very least, and I think it's quite well to do i don't know if it's next episode but this series we do definitely get to hear mama papa doc in the next room and little doc is trying to sleep oh right so we do we do go back to his childhood on gallifrey in some way yeah yeah he's like gallifreyan aristocracy of some sort i sort of i sort of assumed all gallifreyans were quite um well to do are all time lords yeah actually lords are they uh, are are they aristocracy so this is something actually which came up in a uh, oh i can't remember what it's called now It, it was a classic who serial that we reviewed relatively recently in which it was revealed that all Gallifreyans are not Time Lords. What? Oh, exactly, exactly. What? This is this was the reaction I had as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so then he is like top of cream of the crop, isn't he? Yeah. So only some people are actually Time Lords. Hang on, wait. So okay. not the only, deadly assassin. That's what it's called. So not only is Gallifrey racist because it won't let non-Gallifreyans onto the planet, it's also classist. Mm. Oh, it's absolutely classist. Yeah, actually, b- based on that one serial alone, it's it, there. It's like the House of Lords that we get to see in that one, and a uh, House of in brackets time, you know, yeah. close brackets Lords, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like oh, that's the old guard, the people who are just sort of born into power. They talk about these houses that are. It, there's one house in particular that is very often represented in the government like the the leader of the time lords is very often from this one house mm-hmm. and i think that might be the house that the doctor comes from i can't remember what it's called now there's a time lords oh wait anyway yada yada yeah he's a rich dude he comes from old money <laughs> <laughs> shall we rate this thing let's and now it is time to rate this did we love or hate this bing bong bing bong hey la 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 ratings Watching this episode, I'd remembered how little I'd liked this episode, 
and I intended Drew to give it um, a 0.4. Lower than a 0.8? Because I, wanted, because I couldn't believe that Drew is, has the like um, lowest ranking out of anyone. That's just not possible. So I wanted to for beat new him. Who, for new who. For new who. For new who. And then I watched it and I thought, you know what? Probably could give it a 0.4. I really, really disliked this episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. All right. Like, you know, we, the ending was so ridiculous. It was complete slapstick from start to finish. And you know, I'm not a fan of slapstick. Yeah. All the nice bants things that you so loved <laughs> really grated on me. <laughs> like I felt Clara when she's just like, shut the fuck up, guys. Let's get on with it. Someone have a plan. I felt her <laughs> in that moment. The, yeah, the sheriff doesn't have, there's no like evil alien manipulating him. He's in control of the robots, which makes no sense because... How does he know to be in control of them? Why did they give him all the power? Where is he aiming for when they shoot off into the sky? What's what's the plan? They're heading to London. No, they're heading to the promised land. Or they were heading oh, to the Oh yeah, we didn't land. talk about that. There is the whole promised land thing. Again, which again, it was just kind of thrown in there. We didn't get to see Missy. I was ready for Missy to appear. Mm. And I thought, ooh, this might lift this episode. And there wasn't even any Missy. Clara was good. I did like her scene. I liked that she was the boss, but it wasn't anything spectacular. It didn't make me cry. Sometimes she makes me cry and I like that a lot. I don't know. I'm sure there were good bits. You've pointed some of them out. But then I was looking back over my other scores and I don't think it's as bad as some of the other ones that I've rated. As you say, I quite often give a 0.8. That's my lowest that I've ever gone. The Unicorn in the Wasp was the one that I had in my head as a, like, it's on maybe on a par with that. And I gave that a 1.0. This one didn't have Donna in it, so I have to go higher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> chin chin, Marie. Chin chin. <laughs> so overall, not for me. It was a very, it's a very sort of childish story with the, you know, the Robin Hood and the hero, the hero and the, this, it was very labored. The, like the doctor is Clara's hero. It just felt like just driving this point home that didn't need to be like, since when is she kind of hero worshipped him in that way? They've always had the more like friendship relationship it's not a like idolizing relationship yeah it's more appropriate to amy pond yeah but if the doctor's heroism was defined by the effect he had on his acolytes then matt smith is one of the worst people around well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there were, there were just a lot of things that didn't really resonate with me i wouldn't rush to when you said imagine watching it for two hours my heart sank oh, God. <laughs> i don't think i could why what have i done <laughs> <laughs> i think you know you're right the the robin hood guy did he did a good job bless him i just it was yeah the script it wasn't for me anyway so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it like a 1.3 <gasps> i had you down for a 0.7 okay 1.3 <laughs> all right who's next should i go next if you want go for fine it. i'll go next all right i'm gonna start by saying i think capaldi was mesmerizing in this episode holy moly his screen presence is it blows me away and i i'm starting to get the same vibes that i got back when he was a new fresh-faced ish doctor (laughs) 
And I remember thinking, oh, you know what? It's okay. It's going to be fine. We don't have Matt Smith anymore. And I love Matt Smith. But wow, this guy is fantastic. I love him. I'm getting those tingles again now. And I'm so happy to have him on screen. This is the kind of Capaldi Doctor that I like as well, I think. The, the, the guy who's so acerbic, so cynical, so constantly questioning. He's just a cranky old genius. <laughs> and, and I love it. When he tried to get a urine sample, or possibly, a, you know, asking Robin to jack off into a chalice, had been stitches. I loved it. Apropos, Robin, brilliant. We, we've already jacked off Robin enough in this episode, I think. <laughs> uh, he was fantastic, really enjoyed him. I would have liked to have seen more of his Merry Men. Cannot give the TARDIS enough credit. Loved it. Not that I'm going to judge this episode based on it, but it stood out to me in this episode as wow. I like this one better than I did the last one, I think. I am getting Time Warrior vibes, though, and I gave Time Warrior, you guys very kindly looked up what I gave Time Warrior before we uh, press record. I, I gave that 3.0. This is not a 3.0. This is quite far below 3.0. And for a moment there, I was talking, like, is this a 2.0-something, maybe? It's not really a 2.0-something because of what? Because of the crap ending that is so incredibly... You know what? The, wait backpedaling. We start this episode with the Doctor going, do you want to have this adventure or this adventure? No, we're going to have this adventure. And if the next adventure hadn't been Listen, that, as far as I recall, magnificent episode, then I would absolutely like to go and visit the tumescent arrows of Half-Light, because those girls can really hold their drink, and I think Capaldi would be hilarious in that adventure. But we didn't get that. We got a very cheesy, very Gattis-like episode which is perhaps a little too geared towards children. It has fantastic production value and it has fantastic aesthetics in some cases. The, the robot knights, we didn't talk about their helmets and their faces that slide out from inside them. I thought that, that was beautiful. I thought that was fantastic. But it's not enough. So, Marie, you gave this a 1.3. I've written down 1.2. Well, well. And bear in mind, I'm the one who talked it up. I know. I can't believe you've gone lower than me. I really feel like I've gone too high now. <laughs> you are really positive. <laughs> 1.2 is not a bad mark. It's obviously well, it's not as great as 1.3. Quite, <laughs> it's quite a lot below average, Leon. Yeah, but compare that to like Die Hard 5. Right, enough about Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Wait, have they actually made a Die Hard 5? No, we refuse to acknowledge it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Abby watched this with me. Ooh. And she had, Sorry, Abby. <laughs> she had a two-word review of this episode. Pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> Abby, you're so awesome. I'm now going to say the exact same thing, but uh, with a hundred times the words. <laughs> and it's only appropriate that you get two reviews of how bad this episode is, because... In this episode, we get two bad episodes mashed together. Oh. The cardinal sin this episode commits is taking the timeless Robin Hood folklore and making it wearisome within about 25 minutes. I spent the first half of the episode wishing they'd slow the pace down so we could enjoy more of the merry appurtenances without Capaldi questioning them all, by the way, at every turn, which rather tarnishes the enjoyment of them because you expect them to be undercut at any moment because Robin turns out to be a robot or something. But then the second half, when all the predictable Doctor Who elements come in, like the ship that's crashed, which we had two episodes ago in London with the half-faced man, which is even brazenly referenced oh, here. Yeah. 
but that's not enough to forgive it pointing it out if anything that's worse you know what you're doing come up with something better i i found myself wishing they just get the second half over with we have all the gatis launching stuff into the sky his last story the crimson horror had a rocket loaded with poison here it's the crashed craft trying to continue on its way the half-faced man was picking up on madame du pompadour it's just eating itself at this point nottingham castle is an older smellier version of the cyber king that makes even less sense but robin and capaldi separately and together is what i would come back for in this episode even then their zingers score about half the time i think this is some beloved source material gator should have left well alone but the lazarus experiment i gave 1.5 god knows why this is better than that 1.6 1.6 but I, I mean it was in the last minute that i had amended it from 1.4 to 1.6 so yes can I, can I amend mine i feel like mine's too high no too high yeah you want to go low yeah okay fine do it one, what do you want to i just go 1.1 1.1 okay fine <laughs> leon do you want to come in with a 1.0 no i'm happy for this to be a 1.2 <laughs> i'm also happy for you to give it a 1.6 Incredible that you mentioned the Crimson Horror ship. You're so right. Mm. I didn't realize that was the last Gatiss one. That was also a ship that was going to detonate in the atmosphere. This one, if it detonated in the atmosphere, would have had the exact same effect. That's redonkulous. It is. The more you pick it apart, it's it's very lazy writing. It's it's recycling. So many tropes. Yeah. 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 There's no surprise when they come and, oh, it's a crash landed ship again. Rubbish. Yeah. But the bands, we, the we bands. Had, we had the crash landed ship in closing time. I know. I was just thinking about that one. Um, yeah, but I didn't even like the bands. That's why I'm taking it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I just saw one of the listener mini ratings. Um, can, w- would would sorry, anyone? Can, can <laughs> yeah, I sorry. just say? Can I just say one thing? Gatus, I think, has a reputation for bad endings. Yeah. Really? For episodes, I think in Sleep No More, it doesn't even really end. It doesn't tie into the Doctor Who canon in some way. It just peters out and you think, oh, is that how the Doctor ultimately dies? My point is, this ending is so bad that he could come up with four episodes with brilliant endings, but this is what we'd remember because it is so awful, irredeemably. I've never forgiven the episode for this ending from September 2014 until yesterday when I saw it again <laughs> but you and know the what? flames were fanned once more. Maybe we could just lost this, skip the ending and then our ratings would go up. As in our ratings of this episode would go up. You're saying if you, if you take out the worst bit of the episode, we'd like it better, yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> nothing would be tied up. Just like, press stop five minutes before just the episode ends. The spaceship go off on 83%. It's probably enough. Like, just cut the bit where he fires the arrow. Just yeah. cut that little scene and then have it go into space and then have it explode if you want to or have it not explode. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and then cut to Maid Mary and you're, you're fine. You're laughing. And that would already be a better episode. I reckon I will probably rewatch this episode solely for the bands. Now, I'm just going to reread that paragraph that I compiled of the best lines. Save myself 44 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Listener minis? Let's. Well, prepare to be shocked. Oh, my God. Listener minis. Now let's hear from podcast land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Our first listener mini this week comes from... Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill, Star Wars Hill. Hello, Star Wars Hill. Hi, Star Wars Hill. Hi, Star Wars Hill. Let me Star Wars Hill. Star Wars 
still found this episode to be beautiful. Mm. The costumes, the locations, all the laughter that drove the doctor bonkers. We even got to see the doctor be concerned when Clara fell into the moat. Oh, you didn't read out your note that made me laugh, like snort laugh. Oh, was that what made you laugh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was, hang on, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Clara must really smell of moat. <laughs> 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 I don't know, it just tickled me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Star Wars still continues. I found the squabbling between Robin and the Doctor to be entertaining, and Clara was so happy to be with the merry band. Agreed. Mm -hmm. 157%. Star Wars still thinks Robin had even managed to cut through all the navel-gazing the Doctor will be doing for the next long while when he spoke of inspiring others to acts of kindness and mercy. The Doctor's time spent in struggle over whether he is a good man or not would better be spent in discovering whether he is a kind man or not. Mm. But why would the Doctor take Robin's words to heart? And Star Wars still provides a quote. Uh, we are not heroes, but if we both keep pretending to be, perhaps others will be heroes in our name. And Star Wars still gives this a rating of oh, 4.3 out of 5. Pirates of the Caribbean like sword fights, because while they are not at all accurate... There is a frivolous joy to them that's hard to deny. Even when he's wielding a spoon. Especially when he's wielding a spoon, Drew. I'm saying that's when it's easiest to deny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Star Wars Hill, you have a, a huge, huge heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> Mental high five. Ka-ching. <laughs> oh, I love you, Star Wars Hill. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sil. People who are not Star Wars Hill. I believe you can follow Star Wars Sill. Head on over to at Star Wars Sill. That's Star Wars Sill. At Star Wars Sill, Star Wars Sill, at Star Wars Sill. Our next review comes from Michael Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Legend. Provider of alcohols. Yeah, we need to take a minute to say that Michael freaking Ridgeway has since the Who Back When podcast, not only a bottle of champers. Thank you very much. Not merely a bottle of vodka. Thank you so much. But also a freaking chocolate pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Which is as chocolatey as it sounds. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, we partook pre-recording. In case you're wondering what constitutes a chocolate pizza podcast land, there's no base of dough. There's no base of biscuit. It is solid chocolate. It's It's just chocolate in a pizza shape. But it also has it, it has toppings. Brown chocolate. Oh yeah, chocolate no. toppings. It's glitter, <laughs> edible glitter, and smokies. chocolate shavings. Chocolate shavings. Chocolate yeah. Christmas trees. Yep. So if you're listening to this, so wondering why we're talking at three times the speed, why <laughs> Michael Ridgeway? <laughs> Michael, thank you so 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 much. So Fantastic. Michael, Michael, you have a huge heart. Yeah, and a huge wallet apparently. <laughs> Michael, you really didn't need to do this, but oh, thank you so yeah, much. Th- th- <laughs> Your generosity is mind-blowing. Thank you. And while we're lauding Michael, we should admit that we missed two listener minis Michael sent in for the 11th Doctor retrospective and Deep Breath. I would like to say for the record that I have apologised since. Yes, but you can find those listener minis on the website because all Michael's content is gold, as I'm sure we'll find out in a second. Because Michael lists some things he liked. Number one, a very jovial Robin Hood and some very merry men, plus robot knights packing serious arsenal. Mm. All delivered as promised. Watch and learn, let's kill Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing Michael liked, all those diseases. If you were real, you'd be dead in six months. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I love that one as well. Michael also liked a droll sheriff. 
Nottingham is not enough. After this, Derby, then Lincoln, then the world. <laughs> and Linear this- progression, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Drew. And the salt spoon fight. Oh, hated it. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That sounds more like a boof. <laughs> First boof. Sunny Nottingham, a result of the ship's radiation. I'm no nuclear physicist, but I have watched Chernobyl, which is as good as. <laughs> Sur- <laughs> Surely Nottingham would should be a radioactive wasteland with melty peasants aplenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Melty peasants. <laughs> <laughs> Michael also took umbrage with Maid Marion's reveal. Wait a minute. Did I miss something? Robin spoke of Marion as if she'd been long dead. But we get to see her captured after the Doctor and Clara meet Robin. I'm sure they'll sort it out in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Michael concludes with some trivia. The Seventh Doctor's TARDIS also gets pelted with arrows in Silver Nemesis. But of course it does. And in summary, says Michael, not an episode that will change the world, but a merry, inoffensive romp that gave me a cheeky chuckle in these dark times of imminent Tory electoral victory and a Brexit doom. One of those things has happened already. Yep, yep. <laughs> and Michael gives this a rating of three out of five dumb robotic knights getting zapped by deflections of their own blasters. Silly robots. <laughs> a brilliant mini, as always. Generous. <laughs> As per Michael. What a generous yeah. song. Yeah. Huh. That's Michael generosity all round. <laughs> People of podcast land, do you occasionally wake up in the morning and realize, oh, I'm not Michael Ridgway? Well, don't worry. <laughs> because we can turn you into him. <laughs> One tweet at a time. Head on over to at bad underscore movie underscore club. Love you, Michael. For more details. <laughs> And low, low prices. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, you're so big. (laughs) Next up, we have a... I believe we need one of these. New reviewer. New reviewer. (laughs) (laughs) Really need a new jingle for that. Holy moly, do we need a new jingle for that. (laughs) Welcome aboard, Cade. Hi, Cade. Hooray. Cade remembers this as an extremely cheesy but fairly enjoyable episode to watch, and that anal- analysis held up on rewatch. Mm. The episode had me smiling pretty much throughout and had some great lines. Do people ever punch you in the face when you do that? Although the animosity between the Doctor and Robin Hood was overdone. Overdone, yes, Cade, well done. <laughs> uh, the episode was still more enjoyable than it really had any right to be. Mm. Cade continues, for all the lip service Robin and the Merry Men gave to helping the peasants, they really didn't seem to actually give a shit about them. (laughs) The peasants at the tournament were all apparently murdered, but every single Merry Man escaped and no one ever thought about them. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Cade continues, how did the Doctor's conversation go with Marion? Listen, I know you haven't seen Robin, the love of your life, for months slash years, but please stand silently behind this box until we say our goodbyes and it disappears because... Uh, it would make me look cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There's a post-credit uh, sequence if there ever was one. 
And uh, Cade continues, the thing that bugged me most on rewatch was the villain's plans. They still had a ton of gold in their workshop, so why did they decide to take off right then? If it was because the sheriff died and their slaves escaped, why was the castle already about to explode before the revolt? Were the robots straight up ditching the sheriff, who never seemed to realise they weren't going to help his world domination plan? And Cade summarises, this is probably higher than it should be. 2.4 out of 5. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Welcome aboard, Kate. Yes. Yeah, nice to meet you, Kate. Very happy to be traveling down this temporal road with you. <laughs> and uh, people who are not Kate, fret not, you can follow Kate on Twitter. Kate can be found at Heyo B32. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. Thank you, everyone, for sending in a mini for this. What have we got coming up next? Well, we are approaching Christmas and New Year's. New Year specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And thus the next episode will probably be a bonus episode, a review of the upcoming New Year's Day special, or parts one and two of the New Year's special, Spyfall. Series 12? What? Is it 12? I think so. Oh, my, how they grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Although we may have some festive fun planned if we can align our calendars. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure out. Bonus territory is always a little nebulous. Is everyone else saying Spyfall to the tune of Skyfall? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And the spa... We'll do do this after New Year's. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. After that, we're going to jump back into classic Who territory with the Sunmakers. And after that, we're back in New Who with... Listen! Okay, what? Yeah, what, what, what's, the, what's the thing? Listen! We are. We're all ears. Get on with it. God, this is so naff. <laughs> I can't believe we were both on the same naff wavelength. Really? <laughs> I feel like this is why I've lasted this long. I totally expected it. <laughs> We even left a space for us to fill with our mediocrity. I mean, that was the entire... (laughs) That was the entire title. I just finished talking. But in the meantime, you can say hello to us online. Marie, you are on the gram, are you not? Yep, sometimes. What's your Insta handle? It's It's probably the same as last week. Just listen to last week's episode. You definitely should. Yeah. But remind remind us. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, ham mash and jelly. That's the one. There we go. <laughs> ham mash and jelly, all in one <laughs> word. Uh, Drew, you are on the Tweety Bloops. <laughs> yep, you can see me chalk equations on my Tweety board at Drew Backwen. <laughs> I love it. Excellent branding, and slightly less excellent branding. I am at Ponkin. <laughs> P O N K E N Ponkin. Thank you very much, Marie. You're welcome. Nice. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You've been a lovely audience. Until the next time, happy holidays. Oh, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Rock on and cha-chao. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. (laughs) 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 Ding dong merrily on bye. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. 
Check us out on Instagram for behind-the-scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao. If we're not doing Goldfingers together, you should do Goldfingers because your Goldfingers is undoubtedly going to be better than mine. Why don't we all um, do Goldfingers now and see whose is the best? Okay. Goldfinger! Drew wins. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I might have been the best. Listen from Ray. Listen from Ray. Go! Fantastic. Please tell me you got that for the blues. I did. <laughs> 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 <laughs>